Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello and welcome to the Debbie Authority. We are operating under the media empire that is the fantasyauthority.com where you can find all of your Debbie Dynasty DFS and redraft fantasy football needs. We want to thank everyone so much for tuning in and we look forward to continuing to build our Debbie brand here in the future. I'm your host CJ Lang and you can find me on Twitter at clubber underscore Lang 83. You'll find me doing Dynasty Superflex rankings and Dynasty Debbie content on the Fantasy Authority. And I am also part of the Debbie team over at Fantasy Pros. My co-host for this adventure is the Fantasy Authority's own Christian Welch, a.k.a. Evil Empire FF on Twitter, the man who's been living at Dollywood the past two weeks, coming from you high in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Christian, what's up, kid? Oh, what's going on, CJ? I have been at Dollywood quite a bit the past couple of weeks, but when you got a three-year-old daughter and the weather's good and you live in Tennessee, where else do you want to be? I know. Uh, other than you, I know one other Tennessee fan in all my fantasy leagues, and I feel like I've been seeing nothing but Tennessee in the news lately. So let's dig into some college football news. Uh, the 21 quarterback, Caden Salter, leaves UT. And Christian, I'm going to go ahead and allow you to take this one. Uh, but just for a quick synopsis, uh, since it is in your backyard, and, and I'm sure you're very familiar with it, uh, he is a highly recruited quarterback in the 21 class. He was recently dismissed from the balls after a second off the field incident occurred. The first time there was an alleged assault with a marijuana possession. And then last month he was pulled over for no taillights, uh, a tint over his registration plate and more marijuana. Uh, he has since entered the transfer portal and we will see if someone takes a chance on him. But Christian, what are your thoughts on this and how does this affect the Vols short-term future? I mean, I'm bummed to see it. I mean, Caden Salter was a recruit that I was really excited about. Um, most people that follow college football know that we just went through a coaching change, switching from Jeremy Pruitt over to Josh Heupel. And, uh, you know, one of the staples there that Jeremy Pruitt left behind was this recruit, Caden Salter, um, who's a dual threat quarterback out of Texas, just extremely productive high school player and somebody that most Tennessee fans were extremely excited about uh, to have with the program. Um, we all love Harrison Bailey, our, our five-star recruit from last year, but he's more of a pro-style guy. Uh, switching over to Heupel and seeing what he's been able to do at UCF, usually with a more mobile quarterback, a lot of people thought Caden Salter would take that job and be the quarterback of the future here at Tennessee. But, you know, it, it's it's stupid stuff he's getting in trouble for, you know, weed possession, that kind of stuff. You know, say what you want to, whether weed should be legal, whether it shouldn't. If you're an 18-year-old freshman, future starting quarterback of an SEC program, it's probably best not to get arrested twice before you take the field. So, you know, uh, 
you can't be mad at Tennessee for dismissing him. You know, most people would do the same there, but it's just a shame that his, his career started that way. And, you know, as a Tennessee fan, it's a shame that I don't get to see him play for the Vols. So just a, a negative situation across the board. Hopefully he lands on his feet somewhere, gets his act together and still has a good career. But unfortunately, it's not going to be in Knoxville. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Uh, another piece of news, uh, and this one is really big. And uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, the acronym NIL has been popping up all around Twitter and the interwebs. And what that stands for is name image likeness. And it allows NCAA athletes to profit off of themselves, essentially. Uh, currently, there's a lot of states that pass legislation approving this NIL uh, this year or by next year. Uh, and that includes the big college football states of Alabama, Georgia, Florida, California, Oregon, Texas, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. But the following states have not passed any. North and South Carolina, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Colorado, Indiana, and West Virginia. So this has athletes running to all sorts of sponsors, hoping to land a bit of coin in their pocket. Christian, I know you're like me, and I'm not even thinking about the backdoor deals and the shady partnerships and you know the old school Miami University boosters. I'm thinking about where can we line up to get our next copy of NCAA Football 22. You're damn right. Now that you know, we're we're going to talk about some NIL deals that we've seen happen this week. But the bigger picture on this, this means that whether it's next year, the year after, the year after that, at some point in the future, we are going to have the NCAA football game back, and it is going to be incredible. If you're anywhere between the ages of you know 25 and and, and we'll go all the way to 50. You, you probably have some stage of your life where you loved playing the, you know, the franchise mode on NCAA, recruiting the guys that you never heard of and just keeping your franchise going for, for 20 years with your favorite college. So I can't wait till the game is back. But, you know, as far as real impact right now, I know I've seen Bo Nix, Auburn's quarterback, repping Milo's Sweet Tea. I've seen uh, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma repping Raising Cane's Chicken. So it's going to be interesting to see which of the bigger name players, you know, rep, whether it's a fast food chain or, a, you know, a regional sweet tea company like that. But I think the majority of these guys are going to be, you know, regional players that, that are popular in the area, um, you know, telling you to go buy a used car from this guy, telling you to go buy auto insurance from this guy. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't know that there's a player in college football right now as marketable as maybe a Trevor Lawrence from last year that could have had a you know seven-figure uh, head and shoulders deal while he was in college. But we'll see where it goes from here. But it's uh, it's been kind of fun this past week seeing the you know the sweet tea and the fast food chicken uh, deals come out. Yeah, for sure. I had to bust out uh, NCAA 14 just to to get my creative quarterback CJ Lang on his uh, trying to get his fourth straight Heisman Trophy. So another piece of news uh, this week, uh, ex-Texas wide receiver Jake Smith is transferring to USC. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, Christian, because you know I'm a Boston guy, but he is soon to be New England Patriot Jake Smith. Uh, he'll be transferring from Austin to L.A. via the transfer portal. Now, I say he's going to be a Patriot because like Wes Welker and Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman and now Gunnar Olszewski before him, he is that four-star, six-foot white slot receiver that the Patriots just always make famous. So Smith follows former Longhorn teammates, tight end Malcolm Epps and running back Keontae Ingram uh, with several other Trojans, uh, um, excuse me, uh, to the Trojans, uh, with five players now transferring from Texas to L.A. It gets one thinking. But UT's former defensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator, 
all make their home at USC now. So obviously they have that connection. So uh, Christian, what do you make of this move and, and the subsequent moves? It, it's it's really crazy that so many guys have gone from Texas to USC. You know, Keontae Ingram was the first one I thought of when I heard this news. Uh, then I, I remembered Malcolm Epps went there as well. And then, you know, if you follow recruiting, you help, you can't help but think about Brew McCoy's recruiting fiasco where he was committed to the Trojans. Kingsbury leaves from his, you know, couple week to month long contract as offensive coordinator to take the Cardinals head coaching job. He then bolts to Texas, looks incredible in the spring for Texas, and then out of nowhere bolts right back to USC. So I don't know what, what the connection is there between Texas and USC, but there's clearly something there. And this is just another, you know, former top 100 recruit making his way from the Longhorn State to, to the California, you know. And one thing I have to correct you on, CJ, I can't have this Tennessee stuff behind me on my wall and not correct you for referring to Texas as UT. Uh, UT has existed, you know, Tennessee has existed for 50 plus years longer than Texas has even been a state. So the real UT is located here in Tennessee. Um, I'll always refer to Texas as, as Texas. So that's my well, thoughts there. Well, thank you for the course correction. Uh, all right, Christian, are, are you, are you done? You get all your salt life out now. Can we move on? Oh, I got it. I got it. The, the, all yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get the meat of this podcast and we're going to come out with this new segment called buy, sell and pray. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through the next three years, 22, 23, 24 of recruits and backs. And we're going to see who we want to buy, sell and pray come to fruition. Uh, so for me, uh, I'll start off here. My buy for 22 is Sincere McCormick. Uh, hopefully you've heard of him. If not, you need to start doing some research. He is a 5'8", 200-pound running back for the University of Texas UTSA Roadrunners in Conference USA. He basically broke every rushing record in school history last year. Uh, last season, he finished second to Brees Hall in rushing yards for the entire NCAA. He had the third most plays from scrimmage. He had the fourth most yards from scrimmage and the sixth most yard per game average in the entire nation. And nobody knows his name. And he even missed three games last year. This year, he's a preseason second team All-American over Kyron Williams and Tank Bigsby. Uh, this is how he ended his season, Christian. 173 rushing yards, two touchdowns at Southern Miss, 251 rushing yards and two touchdowns for North Texas, and 122 rushing yards versus the surprise juggernaut, the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Now, he's currently my running back 17, but he could easily find his way into my top 10 after a month or so into the season. Yeah, coincidentally, he's my running back 17 as well. Uh, just an extremely productive college player. He's very, very big in the C2C scene. Um, because of that production he's provided you in college. And again, you know, a shorter back, but has that, that low center of gravity and the size that you want, you know, may end up transitioning to the NFL really well as well. So um, with as many of those 23 backs are making up that top 17, you know, Sincere McCormick is definitely going to be somebody on uh, dynasty owners, uh, rookie draft radars just a year from now. Yep. Who do you have for a buy, Christian? So for my buy for 2022, I have Malik Willis, quarterback of Liberty. So, this is a guy you may or may not have heard of this past month. He's really gaining a lot of traction, moving up Debbie rankings. Um, and he's got some highlights out there where, where you'll want to look them up. There's this one particular play against Virginia Tech where he's rolling to the right, takes a hit, sheds it, keeps rolling to the right, slings just an absolute rocket down the field, 50, 60 yards down the sideline and puts it where only his receiver can catch it. I mean, this guy is just a, 
a right-handed Mike Vick, it looks like. Me and CJ were watching some film of him a couple weeks ago, and that was the common theme, watching him wear that number seven, scramble around, have the cannon like that. This is a guy that absolutely is going to sneak into the first round of the NFL draft this upcoming year. And just because he plays at, at Liberty, a smaller school, you know, some Debbie owners have moved him up, you know, and are taking him where he needs to go. But some people still have him way behind, you know, maybe quarterback eight or nine in the class just because they don't know enough about him. Right now is a time to dig into this guy. And if you're as convicted on him as I am, go ahead and buy him while he's cheap. Um, I've brought this up a couple times, but Bet Online released odds, you know, earlier, not earlier this month now that it's July, but a couple weeks ago where um, they were releasing odds on odds of being the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. And Malik Willis had the fourth highest odds to go first overall. So this is a guy that's clearly on the NFL's radar. He was extremely productive in college last year, rushing for a thousand yards and 14 touchdowns. So this is a guy that everyone needs to become aware of and, and go ahead and move him up your rankings because he's, he's going to take that quarterback three spot and, and maybe even threaten Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell um, in that top 10 of the NFL draft next year if all goes well for him this year at Liberty. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, I was one of those guys who had him uh, at eight. Uh, and uh, thanks to you and, and a lot of the other guys that we follow on Twitter, I mean, I, I just moved him up to my number five. Can't really put him past Matt Corral right now, but uh, definitely, I mean, I've got a guy from Liberty in my top five. So uh, definitely the talent's there. Uh, and, you know, I had this conversation before, and I was curious what your thoughts are. So when we're ranking these FCS guys, say Trey Lance and uh, and some of these other guys, even even like a Jordan Love, uh, you know, went to Utah State. Even though the talent is there, the competition that they're playing against is not the SEC or the ACC or, or the Big Ten or the Big 12. So how do you figure that? Does that factor into your uh, rankings at all? It does, but I feel like the NFL has showed us these past few years that, that, that they favor the raw skills a little bit more. All these coaches are confident in themselves and confident, hey, that, that's the guy that could perform in my system. So I think we've seen a trend, whether it's you know starting back with Carson Wentz, North Dakota State, all the way to Trey Lance this upcoming year. Trey Lance is probably a better comp for Willis because of what he brings you know, in, in the running game and, and just the huge arm and all of that. You know, it, it seems like these coordinators or the head coaches that are offensive-minded are so confident in their abilities they just want the skill set that they're looking for in their system, and, and they'll spend a first-round pick on that. So if the NFL is okay with it, I'm okay with it, and uh, that, that's where I'm at with it right now. I, I had Daniels and Slovis um, ahead of him coming into this, but the more and more I look at it, he's what the NFL is looking for. And, again, the NFL has showed us that they are not shy from taking a guy like Trey Lance who only has one year of production at this level um, in, in the top five in the NFL draft. So I'm in on Willis. Yep. All right. Uh, so for myself, for the 22 class, I'm going to go with uh, Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels. Uh, you know, I just don't think that he's shown that he's worthy of that first round draft capital that many people uh, are touting right now. He struggles after the first read. He l runs a lot of RPO. Uh, he has arm strength and mobility, which are things that obviously the new age NFL quarterback needs. But I am by no means uh, a BMI Twitter guy. Uh, but he needs to bulk up. He, he was listed at 185. There are reports that he added 15 pounds in the offseason, but those are just reports. Uh, you know, on a positive note, he definitely made Brandon Ayuk a first-round pick last year after uh, close to tripling his receiving numbers from the previous year's quarterback. I just don't think that he has the weapons this year. No more Ayuk, no more Frank Darby, no more Eno Benjamin. Uh, they did get uh, former Oklahoma Sooner tight end Jalen Conyers via the portal, but still, I just don't think that he has the talent around him uh, for him to take that next step on his own. 
Uh, plus, a, uh, Arizona State is in the middle of uh, the NCAA's crosshairs for a violation, so who knows where that shakes out this year. Uh, he's currently my QB8. Uh, love Herm Edwards. Got to play to win the game, but I'm not seeing it for Jane Daniels. I think you take whatever hype you can from him now being a top 10 quarterback in many people's rankings, and you sell him. Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, I, I know you're an anti-BMI guy. I'm not a huge BMI guy either, but I was going to bring up BMI. If I'm looking for a, a mobile quarterback in this class, I mean, I've got Malik Willis that's 6'1", 215, and, and is much thicker than Jaden Daniels. If I'm looking a tier down there, I, I may be even looking at Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati before Daniels if I'm looking for a mobile quarterback in this class. To me, he's going to be a productive college player this year. Again, you, we'll see what happens with Arizona State and the sanctions there. Where, you know, if Herm Edwards keeps his job, whatnot. You know, I don't think Daniels is, is a bad player or a bad prospect, but but in a deep quarterback class, I mean, he, he's a guy I've got closer to 10 than closer to going in the first round. So I'm with you there. For my sale, it's actually a player that I like. I just feel he's being valued too high right now, and that's Texas A&M tight end Jaden Weidemeyer. Um, I feel like especially coming off this year with Kyle Pitts, people are craving to have like at least one marquee tight end in each class, and he happens to be that guy this year. I don't see him getting first round draft capital in the NFL draft. I'm not going to take him in the first round of a rookie draft, but it seems like a good portion of the community thinks that he he may get that capital and feel comfortable taking him in the first round. I'm not one of those people. So if I can sell him now at that price point, I'm comfortable cashing out with Weidemeyer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I listened to your parents on the Debbie marketplace with Kane and Shane last week and uh, I know they're really high on him. Uh, I'm in the same boat with you. The, the thing is that Texas A&M lost their starting quarterback in Kellen Mond. Uh, so not, 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 now you're going in with Haynes King. And, you know, when you've got a stud running back in Isaiah Spiller, you're going to lean on him more than the passing game. Uh, and we all know that, you know, tight ends really aren't that productive in the, in the college game uh, unless your first name is Kyle and your last name is Pitts. So uh, I'm, I'm with you there on the cell. Uh, just a tough class uh, for 22 for tight ends, you know. Uh, I think you got a lot, lot of other ones that, uh, that are just as good. Uh, you know, I, I'm really high on Charlie Kohler. I know you are too. Uh, Jake Ferguson, Austin Stogner. Uh, I think I'd probably rather maybe have those guys over that. But we'll, we'll see how it all plays out this year. Uh, once again, you know, 6'5", 265, that's pretty big. Yeah, and even Billingsley and Ruckert will be in there, too. You know, there's a lot of names this year, but I, I just don't think any of them are at an elite enough level to to justify a first-round rookie pick. Yeah, so my 22 prey uh, is going to be my guy, Zay Flowers, rocking the BC hat. You know, every year we've got one guy, uh, you know, A.J. Dillon and Hunter Long. Uh, so hopefully this year uh, it will be Zay Flowers. So last year he had 56 receptions for 892 yards, nine touchdowns. He is quick, and honestly, if he is in the open field with the ball, you're not touching. Uh, he has great hands, which was evidenced in the BC spring game. I mean, he made a couple catches that made uh, Hall's uh, Alabama. I can't. What is his first name? Like Agi 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 Hall. I call him a, I call him Agi, okay. but yeah. I'm not sure that I'm correct. Agi sounds good to me, but you know, we'll, we'll right. see once he starts, you know, catching balls at Alabama this year. What 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 he ends up being called? But okay. I'm going with Agi for right now. Ajayi Hall, you know, he had that great catch in spring, but Isaiah Flowers made a couple catches that would make him really impressed. He also has former Notre Dame quarterback Phil Jerkovich uh, coming back for his senior season at BC, who was a legitimate quarterback. 
I really, Christian, I want him to be a thing so bad. You know, I need to be throwing my BC love out there because nobody plays college football in the Northeast. Uh, right now he's my wide receiver 20, but once again, uh, if he gets that dynamic play, maybe he shows up against Clemson, FSU, uh, he'll move up on my board. Yeah, we're, we're in sync with some of these you know, later ratings. I also have him wide receiver 20. And, and again, he's a guy that a year ago I, I, I didn't really know much about. He's a guy I've seen a lot of buzz on. <clears throat> I've looked into him more since I've started seeing people that I respect really like him. And, and there's a lot there. This is a potential great player. And like you said, I'm excited to see what this year brings. You said you guys have one every year, but I really feel you have two. I feel Phil Jerkovich is a, is a legitimate prospect, and, I, and I'm excited to watch Boston College on offense this year. Uh, for me, my prey is one of your favorite guys, and it's it's Justin Ross. You know, there's no question on the talent on Justin Ross. I mean, everyone remembers that massive freshman breakout with a thousand yards as a freshman at Clemson um, and, and that national championship season. But when you have an injury that involves your spine, it, it's hard not to be concerned. So, so for my prey this year, I pray that Justin Ross is is healthy and plays a full season and, and can regain that that draft capital that that he once had as a freshman at Clemson. Yeah, uh, Justin Ross is my wide receiver three for this class, and he has been the entire time uh, with DJU coming in. Uh, and then some of those wide receivers that have since left, uh, I really think that he could have just a monster season this year for Clemson. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm praying that he – not only is he just healthy, you know, the production uh, would be great, but uh, just get him through the, uh, the season healthy it would be great. Uh, so, so, Christian, who do you got for your, your 23 buy? So my 2023 buy, some people might be crazy that I have him as a buy because he's going in the first round of Debbie drafts already. And that's Georgia Tech running back Jameer Gibbs. And the reason I'm buying him is because I feel like the community has him consistently number three in this class. And I think there's a chance he could end up being number one in the class because of what a tremendous pass catcher he is. This guy is, 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 of all prospects in college football, has the best chance of being Christian McCaffrey for us in fantasy one day. And B. John Robinson and Tank Bigsby are being consistently ranked ahead of him. And it's not even that I disagree with that, but I feel that Gibbs is consistently priced lower than they are when he should be priced equal to them. Because of the, the pass catching that he brings in the NFL that we see today, again, this is the closest to Christian McCaffrey that, that we have in college football as far as fantasy goes. So, I'm buying Jameer Gibbs right now. I'm fine paying that late first for him. Um, not, not necessarily paying a late first for him. He's going late first in Debbie drafts, and I'm perfectly fine taking him there. Uh, I want as many shares as I can get before he's a, a locked-in top three asset. So give me all the Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, probably one of the best things that Georgia Tech ever did was get rid of the triple option for him, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, he's great. I, honestly, in the Debbie leagues that I play, and he's not available right now. So you're going to have to trade a future asset to get him. But, uh, yeah, I think he could definitely pop this year for sure. Uh, my buy for 23 is Texas quarterback Hudson Card. Now, he is the number two dual threat quarterback in that class in 2020. He committed to Texas, uh, University of Texas, UT. He is 6'2", 195 pounds. Uh, he's got a little bit of a thinner frame, but, you know, listen – I've been saying this all the time. I've been saying this since the Devonta Smith days. You can grow horizontally uh, in the college and the pros. You cannot grow vertically. So sorry, Rondale. Uh, you're not going to be six foot anytime soon. Uh, Hudson Card can do everything really well. You know, he can throw on the run. He has great accuracy in the short intermediate, intermediate uh, balls. He does struggle a tiny bit on the deep balls, but all he's really <laughs> racking up right now are reps. 
Uh, you know, junior Casey Thompson, they say, might have a slight edge over him right now, but that's only because he came in in the elbow and did a great job. As an athlete, I think Hudson Card is much better. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, the new coach there, will make the move to Card for the long term at some point, I think, in the season. Sam Ellinger, a former Texas quarterback, uh, and all his teammates called Hudson Card the golden boy last year. Uh, I think it's inevitable that he is the future QB1 for the Longhorns. And the questions of whether he will start or not over Casey Thompson will all be uh, keeping you on the edge of your seat. So uh, if you need to trade him, need to trade for him, you know, use that kind of Casey Thompson's a starter, blah, 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 crap uh, to get the trade over. But he is my QB5 for the 23 class. Yeah, if you really believe in him, you know, with his price right now, you got to buy him. Uh, for me, he's more of a prey just because, you know, he, he's not seized that starting job from Thompson yet. And, and really, I just need to see it first. You know, there's a lot of guys in this 23 class that kind of fit into that category. Uh, one of them I'll talk about here in a second. Um, but but yeah, for, I, I get it. If you love him, go ahead and buy him while he's cheap. But but for me, I need to see him actually get that job before I'm all in on him. Yep. So I'll go ahead and move over to my cell. Uh, my cell is a guy I know that you like a lot better than I do. And it's not that I don't like him as a player. Um, it, it's everything else that that's come with him so far. Um, and that's Eric Gilbert. Uh, now wide receiver at Georgia. So Eric Gilbert, I believe, is the, the highest tight end uh, recruit of all time, the highest ranked recruit of all time at tight end. Um, ends up at LSU, um, you know, plays, you know, decently well his freshman year. Uh, grades are terrible. You know, it's transferring. He, he, you hear the news that he's going to Florida, ends up not going to Florida. I get excited as a Tennessee fan. This is, this is Harrison Bailey's uh, number one target in high school here. I'm thinking he's coming to Tennessee here for a minute. He's not. You know, a long drawn out offseason this offseason, he ends up at Georgia. And not only does he end up at Georgia, he's switching positions. So he's no longer this crazy positional advantage at tight uh, positional advantage at tight end that we once thought he was. He's now a six foot five, six foot six wide receiver, you know, and, and I'm just not as in on him as a wide receiver, along with all the, you know, riffraff that I feel he's he's had during his recruiting, during his transfer. You know, he's obviously not making good grades in school. You know, is this a guy that has the focus? And, and the right attitude to really switch positions while going to a new offense and, and, and still be a guy that's going to be an early declare in the 2023 draft that we're excited to see go in the first round of the NFL. I just don't see any of that happening right now. If he goes out of Georgia this year and, you know, puts up a tremendous season and, you know, doesn't, you know, get in any academic trouble at school and, you know, he's there and a good teammate and looks good, I'll be back in. But for right now, you know, the riffraff is too recent, the position switch, you know, I, I'm not huge on six, five wide receivers. You know, I just don't feel that there's been enough success at the NFL level for a profile like that. There's just too much unknown and, and, and too much, again, riffraff that I've seen so far to where, you know, I'll sell him right now while he's seen a, a, a stock rise, you know, going to Georgia. Georgia's obviously a playoff team. People like JT Daniels, people like the other skill players there. While Debbie owners are getting excited that he's got a landing spot and it's a good team. Again, just like Weidemeyer, I'm going to cash out while the stock's high. Um, because that's that's the way that I play. I want to sell these assets high and buy them low. And I know we've talked about Eric Gilbert a lot, uh, both online and offline. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, where's Robbie Jeffries right now? I want to put a nuts on the table. Eric Gilbert is going to be a stud for Georgia. Uh, and he's actually my, my prey uh, pick for 23. Uh, just like all the things you said, obviously, you know, the transfer from LSU where he was the number one overall uh, tight end in the nation. JT Daniels in place now. He's got some other decent wide receivers in Jermaine Burton uh, and Kyrus Jackson in the slot who should get a, a great chance to make something from this 
uh, portal transfer uh, coming from LSU. He was just named yesterday Sports Illustrated's top 25 college football players in the nation for this year. Uh, Pro Football Focus has described him as a younger version of Kyle Pitts. I'll take the narrative only because it it flows with what I believe, but a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I know what you're going to say, and I knew you are going to say it. 6'5", 249, you don't want him. I understand it. If you look at his film from this week in Georgia, he doesn't look like a tight end, dude. He looks like DK freaking Metcalf. Uh, He's an elite athlete. He, you know, post him the ball up like he's Dikembe. Uh, he's going to be a red zone monster. You know, I am all in. Uh, for me, he's sliding right in front of Jermaine Burton as my wide receiver five for the 23 class. Yeah, and that moves pretty well into my prey. My prey is uh, Eric Gilbert's high school quarterback. So that's Tennessee quarterback Harrison Bailey, um, who's actually in a very similar position to, to your buy Hudson Card. Uh, you know, highly touted recruit in this class, five-star uh, pro-style quarterback uh, at a Marietta High School in Atlanta, just an absolute powerhouse program. And, you know, he, he took the reins and started for Tennessee at the back half of last year. But again, Tennessee's gone through a coaching change. We now have Josh Heupel, which which gets any offensive fan excited. Tennessee's going to score points. But like I said earlier, talking about Salter, Heupel historically likes a quarterback that's a little bit more mobile than Bailey. Um, you know, Bailey, like I said, Bailey took the starting gig at the end of last year, but Tennessee's brought in Hendon Hooker former quarterback from Virginia Tech, who's a mobile guy, in as a transfer. And then also Joe Milton from Michigan, another mobile guy, another quarterback in from transfer. So Bailey now has two guys that can run in the quarterback room with him competing, um, as well as Brian Maurer, who who was already on Tennessee that played quite a bit last year as well. So kind of like Card, is Bailey the true starter for Tennessee? If he is and he's starting all year, I believe he'll put up big numbers in Heifel's offense and will eventually earn some NFL draft capital. But the fact that Hooker and Milton both transferred in with the coaching change, you know, a lot of Tennessee fans, including myself, are a little skeptical that, it, that, that the job is Bailey's outright. So we'll see what happens there. But whoever ends up being the quarterback for Tennessee should put up big numbers in that Josh Heibel offense. Yeah, I'm really hoping that uh, the Volunteers can, can really turn it around. I mean, it's getting kind of old in the SEC West with just Georgia, Florida all the time. You know, South Carolina had a little run there too, but uh, it'd be nice if, if Tennessee would uh, would get back in the mix, you know, like they did back in the day. Agreed. Um, my sell for 23 is Zach Evans. Now, you should really do yourselves a favor and, and go on YouTube and, and read the recruiting story of this guy because it was a muffed up recruiting ride from the start. I mean, he took like 15 visits. He had five different top five schools. He had five different commitment dates. He signed multiples letter of intent all over the place. Like if you smiled at this dude, he'd sign a letter of intent for you. Uh, and then he had to go and issue apologies to all the different coaches. Uh, he was going to Georgia. Nope. Then he's going to Bama because his friend was going there. Oh, now he's going to Texas A&M. Then he took official visits to Ole Miss, and even your balls were in it for a hot minute. Uh, then out of nowhere, he signs with TCU, who was never linked with him in the entire process. Uh, but he is very talented. He is the number two ranked running back in that 2020 class. He's the number one ranked running back from Texas. He's supposed to be the next coming of Adrian Peterson. He is the highest rated recruit in TCU history. Uh, he can power through defenders. He can be shifty. He does try to always bounce it, so he will need to kind of work on that to kind of get a little bit more of the north-south. But he's got great speed, great agility. The off-the-field stuff, though, scares me. And I know Eric Gilbert kind of has the same sort of things, but I just don't think this dude has his head screwed on. Uh, 
which is why you can probably use that talent that he has, uh, probably use a lot of those recruiting facts and try to sell him because I'm not sure that he's going to be a long-term uh, running back in the NFL. But uh, right now he is currently my running back six for this class. Yeah, I'm a little higher on him than you are. Uh, and, and a big reason for that is, you know, he, he played well at TCU last year, averaging 7.7 yards per carry, uh, scoring four touchdowns on just 54 carries. So not a huge workload, but looked tremendous. Uh, you brought up some of the, the the positives and some of the concerns in his game, but just an absolute freak athlete. I mean, one of the best running back recruits we've seen in a long time. And unlike Gilbert, you know, he's still at the school this year that he played for last year. So I feel he's a year ahead of Gilbert into the cleaning up the riffraff process. And I'm just very impressed with what I saw last year. So I have concerns a lot like you, but I'm I'm back in a, a little quicker than you are because I love what I saw at TCU last year. He's still going to play for TCU this year. I expect a massive season from him. You know, if we get a year and a half into it and, and, and you know, he's not causing any problems and he's putting up big numbers at TCU, this is a guy that's going to flirt with, you know, second round, late first round draft capital in the NFL if all goes well. So count me back in on Evans, you know, not yet on Gilbert. Gotcha. Uh, so who is your buy for the 2024 class? So my buy for the 2024 class is Ja'Cory Brooks. So Ja'Cory Brooks was the top uh, recruit of the four big wide receivers Alabama brought in in this past class. Uh, and, and he's really been overshadowed because of that big Ajayi Hall catch that you brought up earlier. You know, the, the reports on Hall have been, you know, just raving out of spring outside of that catch, too. I mean, it, it, everyone is just glowing about what a, what a player Hall is, which is great. I, I love Ajayi Hall as well, but that doesn't mean that we have to stop liking Ja'Cory Brooks or forget what a tremendous prospect Ja'Cory Brooks was. So I'm going to buy Ja'Cory Brooks right now, right now while people aren't talking about him. I mean, this guy's 6'3", 190, you know, fits that, you know, Julio Jones type potential frame that we've seen Alabama um, employ at wide receiver before. And again, he, he was the number two wide receiver in, in the country this past year, five star, number 26 overall player nationally. If I can get a player with that kind of pedigree that that's really done nothing to hurt his stock other than not be a Jai Hall so far, count me in on buying up as many shares of Brooks as I can. Yeah, absolutely. He's my wide receiver, too, in this class, and it's pretty close between him and Amika Ibuka uh, from Ohio State. Um, speaking of Alabama wide receivers, though, my sell for 24 is actually JoJo Earl. Uh, and really, it has not as much to do with uh, his talent as much as the depth chart that's uh, in front of him. I mean, John Mechie, uh, you just talked about Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, he's also got Aji Hall, Ajayi Hall. We really need to figure out this dude's name. Uh, Ajayi Hall, you know, Xavier Williams is there. He's also, Alabama's got that stable of running backs too. You know, this wave is Brian Robinson, Jason McClellan, Rodell Williams, Trey Sanders. Uh, you know, you just don't know if this guy's going to be, you know, you'd like to think that he's going to be the next Calvin Ridley or Jerry Judy or Devonta Smith. But, uh, you know, I think that's a great point to sell him right now. Uh, because he's got that Alabama pedigree, because he's got that highly recruited uh, profile. So um, that's what I'm going for for myself for, for 24. And like I said, it, it's nothing really talent-based. It's more of let me uh, let me take a dart throw uh, on someone else that, that might pop. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think that all four of those Alabama wide receivers are going to hit. You know, one of them has to – hit at a lower level than the others will. You know, it's I, I know the past four wide receivers that have been drafted all went, what, top 15 in the NFL draft. But, you know, that'll be hard to repeat. You know, one of these guys, the odds are, is going to end up transferring out. 
and it seems like you're putting your money on Earl there. My sell is going to be a quarterback. So we're staying in the SEC, uh, going over to Georgia, uh, Brock Vandegrift. So Brock Vandegrift was, I believe, the number two quarterback prospect in this class, um, was committed to Oklahoma, ended up at Georgia. Um, but right now in Georgia camp, he's running, I, I hear, as is, is, is far back as fourth in the quarterback rotation. I, obviously, JT Daniels is the starter. Um, it seems like redshirt freshman Carson Beck is the backup. And then you have senior Stetson Bennett, who played quite a bit at the beginning of the year last year there as well. So it doesn't seem like Vandegrift's going to see the field at all as a freshman. And, and it seems like he's you know got to pass Carson Beck if he wants to see it next year. So unlike some of the other freshmen from this class that we've heard good reviews on in camp, I've heard nothing but negative things about Vandegrift so far. And for Debbie owners that aren't paying as close attention that, that really just look at recruiting rankings, you may be able to still sell Vandegrift for what he was worth as a recruit but before he before he enrolled at Georgia and had some of these negative reports pop up. So if I can sell Vandegrift to somebody that's just not paying as close attention in the offseason, I'm going to try to get off, um, you know, for the for the price that he's going for before, you know, some of those concerns actually pop up and bite me. Yeah, you know, obviously the talent is there. If, if Lincoln Riley recruited this guy uh, for Oklahoma, you know, I, I did think it was a little uh, suspect that uh, as soon as Caleb Williams started visiting Oklahoma, uh, Vandegrift all of a sudden started to get homesick uh, for Georgia. So, um, you know, for whatever reasons happened, he's in Georgia now. Uh, still top five for me, but I'll tell you what, he has a very, very short lease. He's my uh, quarterback too right now, but Sam Heward uh, at Washington – uh, Kyle McCord at OSU and somebody else I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame could easily supplant him. So, uh, but you know, Georgia's the, you're going to get surrounded by talent. Uh, so, you know, we'll give him a chance. You know, uh, Justin Fields uh, was benched, uh, you know, for, for play off of a guy. Uh, who was that? That, uh, that, yeah. Jake Fromm. Yep, Jake Fromm, you know, who ended up going to like the fifth round to the Bills and, you know, Fields obviously going as high as he did in this year's draft. So um, going back to my buy for 24, uh, and like I had just mentioned, uh, Tyler Buckner uh, for Notre Dame. Now, uh, Tyler is 6'1", 207 pounds. He's the 10th ranked quarterback in the nation in that 24 class. Uh, he did commit to Notre Dame. He's a former lacrosse player, so you know he's fast, tough, and agile. Uh, he has a great arm. He has great touch on the deep balls, uh, and he can fit it into those uh, tiny holes across the middle. Uh, he did miss his sophomore year of high school due to uh, an ACL injury. He also missed his senior season due to California shutting down because of COVID. Uh, but obviously he did enough his junior year to get uh, you know, a scholarship to Notre Dame. Uh, he will have to sit behind Wisconsin transfer Jack Cohn, uh, you know, who got hurt up there in Madison and, and never got the ball back from Graham Mertz. Uh, Buckner is my quarterback for once again, Notre Dame, you're going to get recruits. You, you're going to get the TV time. Uh, so uh, he'll, it'll be up to him to make, uh, make his way with it. Yeah. I like Buckner. Um, he's a guy I'm trying to get everywhere that I possibly can. I, I think he's absolutely got an NFL career ahead of him. Um, I'll take him over Brock Vandegrift right now. So maybe we're in a league together. It can make that spot. Yep. Uh, my prey uh, for the 24 class and some guy that I actually profile pretty good uh, is Quay Davis or, or Coy Darius Davis. Uh, he initially was uh, signed to Kansas uh, at the Jayhawks, was the highest recruit uh, in the school's history. Uh, then uh, came to light that he was mentioned in a, a social media post uh, with a girl who was at the hospital, was the busted lip, and his name was linked. 
apparently Kansas made some phone calls and decided to dismiss him from the team. Uh, he then uh, went on to be Jackson State's highest-ranked recruit of all time. Uh, you probably know the new head coach there, Christian. Is it prime time? It is prime time. Neon That's my Diaz. guy right there. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Quay Davis himself, uh, you know, uh, obviously uh, if it comes to light that domestic violence is there, then I'm absolutely done with him because, uh, you know, that that's nothing to stand for. But uh, on the field, uh, you know, he is great with contested catches. He, he's a great high pointer of the ball. Uh, he plays very strong. He does not shy away from contact. He needs to improve his long speed. Uh, he is quick. He can get some separation. Uh, he could be something, but, man, with going to Jackson State, he's not going to get the airtime. And, you know, Dion is helping a little bit. Uh, we need to keep him in our minds, you know, as serious Debbie players uh, to keep him in there because uh, honestly, you might not see him uh, unless uh, he gets convicted or he goes to the senior bowl. Uh, so Quay Davis, keep him on your mind if you can. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. You know, he, he's definitely the guy I know the least about of all the players we've listed here. But I think everybody knows quite a bit about Deion Sanders. And with him being a, a new head coach, I think he's going to be pretty excited to feature his best recruit. Uh, to where he can continue to land more of them. So he's certainly an interesting guy to watch. My prey is a tremendous player, not a guy that I'm concerned with on the field at all. I, I'm mainly praying for the people that are taking him in the first round of Debbie drafts before he's even played a snap of college football yet, and that's Ohio State running back Travion Henderson. I've seen this guy go in the first round over Jameer Gibbs, over just crazy people that you would not think he would be going over never playing a snap of college football. So he's he's sneaking into the late first rounds of Debbie drafts, again, without playing a snap in his career. Tremendous player. I think he's he's going to be the RB1 in the 24 class, but I just cannot take him over proven talents like Jameer Gibbs or or even a guy like Zach Evans from from that class until I see him play. You know, So for me, he's a guy I'd be comfortable taking mid-second, late-second round just because of the pedigree and the school that he's going to. But the fact that we're taking him over players like uh, Isaiah Spiller is the other one I was going to say. I've seen him go ahead of Isaiah Spiller, who has a chance to be the first running back taken in next year's draft. I mean, there's no way I'm taking a guy that's never played a snap of college football over Isaiah Spiller, and I'm seeing that happen already. So this is nothing against Trevion Henderson, the player. This is against where he's going in drafts and, and just the fact that you're drafting him near his ceiling already before you've even seen it. So that, that's my concern with Henderson. I, I pray that he delivers for the people that are using that kind of capital on him before he starts his career. So is Master Teague dead? I mean, I, this isn't going to be a popular opinion, but I, I think Master Teague's been dead for years. Master Teague's a three-star recruit from my state here in Tennessee, and, and, and the Vols barely wanted him. So, I mean, I, I've never understood the hype on, on Master Teague myself. But, yeah, he's he's dead. Uh, yeah, but, he's I mean, the, as a true freshman, he still ran for 789 yards, four touchdowns, uh, you know, as a, as a freshman at Ohio State, you know, with, with uh, all those backs that they had behind him. Um, you know, he, he, he did great in the national championship game. Uh, and, you know, the Big Ten really, you know, they screwed their season, you know, by only playing, what, like six or something games last year anyway. Uh, and he still had over 500 yards. So I, I just don't know why we're, we're kicking this dude to the curb already just because of this one recruit who's never taken a handoff in a college football game before. Yeah, I just think it's a little premature. Like I said, you see, you clearly seem a little higher on Teague than I do. But, but yeah, I mean, nothing against Henderson, but – I'm not taking anyone in the first round that's never played in college football yet. And, yep. and you know, it, you know, it's just nuts to me. Yep. 
All right, so bonus round, Christian. Give me a 20, uh, 2025 prospect uh, that you're high on. So this is no question that it's Branson Robinson, running back from Mississippi. So picture of him started circulating around Twitter uh, last month. And, and this dude, CJ, looks like he is, you know, in the NFL right now. Like, like not, not at the combine right now. Th this dude looks like he has been in the NFL for three years and, and is one of the most jacked running backs in the league. Everyone right now when they're listening to this pod needs to Google Branson Robinson, click images, and look at how jacked this guy is as a high school senior. This dude is 5'10", 220 um, as a high school senior. He's going to end up at either Georgia or Alabama, maybe one of the Mississippi schools as an outlier, but most likely Georgia or Alabama. And, and this guy, just like B. John Robinson, just like Trevion Henderson, in my opinion, is no question going to be the top Devi asset in this class. You know, if not only because of how impressive he looks, um, not only in a football uniform, but in his, in his in his tights, you know, whatever, you know, anyone that sees this guy's film or just even sees a picture of him is going to want him on their roster. Um, I'd be curious to see where he'd be going in Debbie drafts now with all the 24 guys. I, I tend to think that he, he'd be going directly after Trevion Henderson in, in drafts right now just because of the hype on this guy, especially in, in the South. Yeah, I saw this picture you're talking about. This dude <laughs> looks like he's been driving to to high school for about three years now. I mean, that he is just a man, uh, and uh, and I would never ever want to be on the other side of the ball against him. Um, so uh, definitely for sure, we got to keep our eyes on that guy. Uh, my one twenty five prospect, as I'm going to talk about, is uh, Luther Burton, who's a wide receiver at OU. Uh, from East St. Louis. Uh, he's the number one wide receiver in the nation for next year's recruiting class. He should be able to play with incoming uh, freshman Caleb Williams, who is obviously a five-star monster and pretty much consensus QB1 uh, in that class. Uh, Burden is 6'2", 194 pounds. He can take a screen to the house. You know, he's one of those guys. He's very dynamic with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, with Rondale or LaVisca Chenault or Jalen Rager, you know, was roaming the college football landscape. You need to know where they were at all times. It seems like you've got to do the same thing here with, with Luther. Uh, he hasn't officially run a 40 yet, but, uh, you know, if, if you want to go by rumors and the rumor mill, uh, it's expected that he's going to run a sub 4 4 40. Uh, once again, yeah, I mean, we're talking about freaking high school seniors here. So obviously the, the talent is super raw, uh, but you know, in, in that system under Lincoln Riley, I mean, you're setting everybody up for success. So hopefully he'll shine, but, uh, keep your eye on him. Yeah, I like it. Um, Oklahoma's actually lost a couple, uh, wide receiver commitments here lately. He's kind of like the last man standing in that class. So, and he was the highest rated of all of them anyway. So. Excited to see what he does there. I, I love Mims and Williams that they already have there. So he'll be the young guy joining them there with Williams. And, you know, I think all of us are staying excited about Oklahoma's offense going forward. So, yep. All right, Christian, uh, I think that wraps it up. Uh, why don't you uh, let the masses know what you're working on? Yeah, so uh, I was the Mock Draft Monday drafter this week. So if you haven't checked out this week's Mock Draft Monday, I did the anchor RB approach uh, where you start with, the you know, huge running back in the top of the first you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, uh, Kamara, one of those guys. And then you just avoid running back till about round seven to, you know, get a positional advantage everywhere else. Um, outside of that, um, my top five 2022 uh, quarterbacks video should be out by the time this pod drops. And then outside of that, I've got two more Debbie videos coming out before football season starts. It'll be the other top fives for 2022, the, the wide receivers and the tight ends. But outside of that, at TFA, it's kind of going to be a shift on the video content to uh, redraft season. You know, so we got the Scott Fishbowl kicking off this week, which is kind of the gateway to redraft season. 
Um, so we're going to be doing 100 profile, uh, player profiles uh, for redraft season over the next two months. So look look out for me doing a lot of those. Um, again, you can find me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF, and then most of my content on the TFA YouTube channel via video content. So other than the biweekly uh, pod here in the offseason on the Debbie Authority, that's where most of my content will be. Excellent. Uh, myself and, and Nasty Nate Henry uh, are going to be doing a rookie wide receiver uh, profile video tomorrow on some of the rookie wide receivers that we think will be producing this season. Uh, so you can check out that on the TFA YouTube site uh, this week. Uh, I've also recently updated uh, our Dynasty Superflex rankings and Debbie rankings will soon be populated on the TFA website. Me, uh, you, and Brandon Hay will have our Debbie rankings there. I'll also be continuing my positional series uh, for fantasy pros on college football positional battles. Uh, so you can look for that. And once again, I'll be joining Christian on all this redraft stuff coming up. Great profiles. You don't necessarily have to do Debbie or Dynasty. You know, you could always glean some great information if you do play those. So always look for our uh, YouTube channel. We're, we're always popping some new content. So uh, once again, I'm CJ Lang. Uh, you can find me at Clubber underscore Lang 83. He is Christian Welch at Evil Empire FF on Twitter. Please subscribe to the Debbie Authority on all your podcast platforms. Uh, we can be found under the Fantasy Authority podcast family. We'd also love any feedback, show suggestions, or Debbie or fantasy-related questions, so you can send those to us at thedebbieauthority at gmail.com. Until next time, Christian, catch you later, kid. Thank you, sir. See you next time.